Does this sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. I am Jake Freho. We have a very special guest tonight, Joe. We, we have an amazing guest tonight, but I, I want to I tell you guys something. We had some interesting stuff that happened today, and we should probably re record, re report on that. The Democrats are divided. So the Senate votes on a last-ditch guaranteed abortion access nationwide bill failed today, but died in a 51-49 to 49 vote with West Virginia Democrat Senator, Senator Joe Manchin actually holding out on the vote. Uh, you know, I, th I think this goes to the fact that it's not the Democrats that are divided. It's the people that are actually following up the Democrats on this radical leftist agenda. And so our guest today, the interesting part of this guest is we're going to take a little bit of a break from election fraud, although we'll probably talk about it a little bit. Um, but we're going to bring someone on that was a formal seal with Team 3 and Team 5. And um, so, yeah, so Garrick did 20 years in the Navy overseas. And he I did 20 years like it was a prison sentence. It was not a prison yeah, sentence. No, well, I mean, it could have been, I guess. 20 years is that's a long so that's fun. a long stretch of time. So he's in the Middle East, I believe CIA as well, or, or some kind of government contracting. And now he's a successful entrepreneur. And he's also, I think, next to you and I, uh, maybe on Antifa's most wanted list. So without further ado, let's bring on Derek Fernbaugh, please. Garrick. Fernball. I slipped and said Derek. Derek because we work. That's with good. All right. Thanks, no, man. I'm sorry. Here. I, he, brother, you know what? Yes. He should know that you're really good with a gun. And I know he, that. To, to slip up even a little bit is just not acceptable. Look, so, I, yeah. I know Derek because I was scrolling Garrick. through. In, I know Garrick because I was scrolling through Instagram <laughs> months ago. Okay. <laughs> months ago. And I kept seeing this guy pop up. And uh, first and foremost, I was impressed that you managed oh, to Oh, you see this guy? Keep, oh, there we go. First and foremost, I was impressed that you managed to even still keep your Instagram account with the stuff you say on there. <laughs> and I thought, we have to get him on the show. So I found, his, found uh, your contact info and got a hold of you. Right on. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I'm surprised myself, actually. So, Garrick, tell everyone about yourself. Um, besides a 20-year sentence that you did as, as Jake. I like, we like to give Jake a hard time, by the way. If you haven't noticed, yeah. we'll give him a hard time all the time. He's like a punching bag. Only a bigger right version on. of it. But Let's tell see. A little about myself. myself. Oh, I joined the Navy out of high school, become a SEAL team guy, and um, managed to make two buds somehow. Um, <laughs> I went to Team 3, and uh, that was my first team. I went to Team 5 after that. I uh, did a BUDS instructor tour. Let's see. Um, then I went back over to Team 3 and kind of finished up over there. Uh, that's pretty much it. Then, I don't know, I guess I still had a taste for it. While I was still on terminal leave, I was in Afghanistan. 
or started contracting for one of the intelligence agencies that did that for the next seven years. Pretty hot and heavy, actually. Uh, spent about four years out of those seven on the ground in Afghanistan. Um, so, so tell me, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, obviously, I'm uh, one of my close friends is uh, John Tig Tigan, um, who oh, yeah. was in Benghazi, and uh, he he's a, he's he's kind of a knuckle dragger uh, all the way around. Mm-hmm. Now, I, and I say that because I know he's listening to the podcast. He's going to call in and give me the middle finger because um, that's how he is. But um, you know, you've seen a lot. You've had to take orders to do a lot, and. Uh, in, you know, I got to say before we, we get into anything else, uh, thank you. You know, I spent six and a half years in the Middle East and Africa negotiating in conflict zones on the Civ side. And uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was guys like you that I ran into that uh, made me feel like the, the everything was worth it. Like that what we were doing was. I appreciate worth. that. Thank you. Yeah, Tig and I were doing the same work, actually, overseas. Um, and I was in Kabul, Afghanistan, when that thing clapped off that morning. <clears throat> I think it was about 9 o'clock our time in Kabul when that thing like went off. Because I remember going in for breakfast that morning, hearing that our guys in Benghazi were in a firefight. And then <clears throat> hearing about it again at lunchtime. Um, and then it was probably about midday that uh, I bumped into somebody in the compound. And they are like, yeah, you know, like... We're all upstairs watching this thing live via like a bread feed right now. Um, so, you know, I don't know, a little bit insider info, you know, Hillary Clinton and Obama made it seem like they had no idea what was going on. It was due to some cartoons in Egypt, as I recall, you know, they were kind of diverting over that way. Those guys were all eating popcorn watching this thing live. Watching people die. We lost a couple good men. Oh yeah, they knew exactly what was going on. So, so I knew Ambassador Stevens. So that was, you know, it was it was tough because um, he was uh, idealistic. He was naive. Um, A lot of the reasons why they had the problems there is because of his lack of just. I I call it spatial awareness, right? He just didn't have any awareness of what's going on around him, um, and just kind of walked into a, a place that I think could have been avoided had he had he had a little bit more forethought and listened to the people around him. But it was a very good man, very good man. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but it seemed to me he was a sacrificial lamb. Like they no question. put him there knowing that they, they were going to allow Benghazi to be overrun. Yeah. Um, that's my opinion on that. And Ambassador Stevens, if I remember right, had, um, I think he wasn't even there a year, if I remember no, correctly. The amount of emails that he had sent requesting upgraded security amounted to like three emails per day for the amount of time that he was there. He knew it was coming. Um, Ty Woods, I did 13 years of my career with him and the SEAL teams and then doing the same work again afterwards. But um, yeah, some incre- there. Some, incre- some incredible, some incredible people incredible people it's 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 too bad you guys didn't actually come into the government and actually run for office i think a lot of the things that we face today we'd be able to straighten out just based on basic common sense which is one of the things i think seal team's pretty good at right i think we're pretty good at that yeah yeah thank you so in in your 20 years dealing with shadow governments and, and being in these these conflict zones seeing the consequences 
on both sides within the government and within the, the communities that these people are you know ruling over what what similarities are you seeing now between what you saw over there and how <coughs> how has it manifested itself over here in our current situation yeah well i'm glad you, you used that term shadow government first of all jake um that was a term that we used working overseas we're going to meet with the shadow governor or the shadow president of this country this province or whatever those were terms that we use every day i'm not sure where all this deep state stuff came from exactly but i still kind of prefer to use the terms that we were using then but um i think blm and antifa are a primary example of what you were just uh, requesting you know that like that type of insurrection is something that say like the cia for example had been orchestrating for years in lots of different countries to um make things difficult or topple governments and, well i think uh, i think at the top of, i think at the top of the the blm antifa movement you know you and i we we've both had our run-ins even even joe uh, has has been in their sites for a long time but my, my take in dealing with the FBI when I was indicted for defending myself against them was after banging my head against the wall for nearly a year, I just let it all go and, and, and assumed that Antifa at the time, because BLM hadn't really become a thing in 2018, mm -hmm. was that Antifa from the, the higher echelons of Antifa, that it is a CIA or alphabet agency operation that it is be the, the the reason why none of these people face any consequences you know i mean you're in portland when you had them come after you in new york mm -hmm. guys i got arrested with were put away for four years for defending themselves and 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 they they you know they throw all these articles out about you and you know when you look at what they did the the hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars of damage nationwide it was into the billions yeah and that's what we did in the middle east you know we went in and, and we destroyed cities and communities to occupy mm -hmm. them and so you know fast forward 15 20 years later it's now it's now inside the gates mm -hmm. so, so before you say anything else i want to i want to bring this up because i think it's important um f first of all you, you, uh, you're a common sense guy. Like I, I think I've read everything about you. I've spent the last couple of days reading all these articles about you. They've, they viciously attacked you as something you're not. They said you did something, you didn't. Now, mm -hmm. I, I think you're the first to admit that if, if Antifa got in your face and they were threatening people around you, um, you, would, you would put them on the, the duty end of your arms, hands. But it doesn't mean that, that, you know, they're trying to create something that's not there or they're trying to create a narrative that, that makes them the victim. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, they, 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 they accused you of throwing a bomb at protesters. Yeah, it's ridiculous, actually. Um, and the guy that put all that together, you know, that uh, he made it seem like he had followed me out of the bushes or something just a minute or two earlier that's a complete fabrication complete lie they're really great at lying uh, taking whatever it is that's false and just spinning it up the flagpole um, yeah, I, I think i was in portland when that it was august end of august in 2020 right yeah it was about there yep 
Yeah, so I was out there. I mean, I would just say, honestly, for the record, if I had intended to hurt somebody, somebody would get hurt. Period. (laughs) People would get hurt. I would hurt them. Big time. I don't doubt it. If I intended to. It wouldn't be child's play. It wouldn't be like one of their own fireworks blowing up in front of their face. Well, so so being, I was I was I was actually staying at the Benson, which is four or five blocks oh, yeah. from the courthouse. That business, they actually it was a hundred. That was a hundred and ten year hotel in operation for a hundred and ten years, and it closed down last year. It went out of business permanently. But mm-hmm. within the distance that we were from the courthouse, and you're probably in the city around us at some point. Uh, you know th- that courthouse they have 20 foot concrete barricades that are i mean it looks like it's been shelled it looks like it looks like yeah. a war zone in the middle east because every night for that entire summer they torched the place destroyed everything around it and it was really out of, out of all the horrible cities i had been to in 2020 minneapolis dc portland probably took took the gold for just being a complete liberal uh, dystopia hellhole i mean there's there's every every yeah. other street corner not even every other street corner every, every few steps there's a tent there are needles everywhere i mean the city has fallen and it, it's, it's the vision they have similar to what they did you know libya or and mm-hmm. any any of these uh in, real insurrections that our government has done outside of our borders has now been done to the greatest cities yeah. across the country and it's every single one of them there's not been a good city outside of maybe Texas and North Carolina that I've yeah. been to that has not shown the effects of the past past few years of, 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 of liberal liberal rule and uh, decision making. I'm here to tell you there's a lot of people in Portland and in Oregon who are pissed off. And when I came to um, Oklahoma and uh, Texas and whatnot, a lot of people were telling me that will never happen never happened here and i'm like bullshit already in oklahoma city right now you've got mayor holt who is basically just like mayor wheeler um the guy's a complete puppet he'll do whatever he's a leftist a lot of the oklahomans are not realizing who they've elected uh mayor holt is a piece of shit. um but this is all sanctioned from the top down like kate brown over there in oregon um once you get elected leaders that are in positions um, and, a, and a district attorney that's letting everybody out of jail, they won't prosecute Antifa or BLM. But if anybody throws a firecracker at Antifa, you're going to jail for four years, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. It's, it's sanctioned destruction is what it is by communists, in my opinion. Absolutely, you know, New York is is, is San Francisco. All of these places, they are they are occupied zones. I mean, we saw the the trial experiment with with the chop zone, I think, or Chaz in in, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that that I, I feel as if that momentum, you know, having been on the ground in so many of those situations in 2020, it really it sticks with you. You, you know, you're, you're around you're, because you see it in movies, right? You see it in documentaries of everywhere but here, and then you're in the middle of it here. And to some degree, I think it's faded off or subsided a bit. But now, I think with even just the coincidence of of the ruling today and having this discussion now, uh, the the summer of love of 2020 is oh, yeah, the summer back. of love 2022 
on steroids. Which might have been, it might have been the whole motivation for bringing this Roe versus Wade to surface right now, so they can continue the destruction. I was downtown Portland as well. Um, I've got quite a bit of video. We were developing uh, solutions for law enforcement uh, to use um, in countering Antifa and BLM. Um, basically, inform and report. Fancy methods for inform and report is what we had come up with. Um, and I don't want to go into the details in case we end up using this strategy later. But um, effective ways of like getting these guys on video and whatnot, committing crimes like burning police officers' eyeballs out with lasers that are so powerful they'll set paper on fire, um, things like that. Um, improvised explosive devices. This is one, like, I was an explosives guy in the SEAL teams. Um, Antifa is one of the Portland police sergeants who's telling me Antifa would take, say, like two, three of these mortars, tape them together, rub, roll them in rubber cement, and then roll them in crushed glass so that when they exploded, that crushed glass was flying everywhere. Um, that is no longer a firework. That is an improvised explosive device. And the fact that the FBI wasn't down there investigating that just tells you that they're complicit in the destruction that was going on. Um, why was an ATFD down there? Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives, right? Why was an ATFD down there? Well, they were told to stand down. What? They were, they were told to stand down. I mean, this this was setting there was a setting a marker across the country, and we saw it. Yeah. Look, sensible people that understand tactics, and intervals in those tactics that have worked or been overseas understands that this is not this is not uncommon for the intelligence community in the United States, and it certainly is a tactic that they've used in multiple nations around the world. So, you know, the, as this started to come out, you know, the, the, they had to stay away because. They were in the middle of it. As we see, as we go forward, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm just going to say a couple words, and then I'll let you tell me about those words. You spent 20 years serving your country. Joe Biden. Yeah, traitor. Um, you know, here's what stands out first with Joe Biden. With quid pro quo that he was on camera describing with the Ukraine plainest day and president trump as he should have decided to investigate it i feel like that would be your duty as a sitting president to investigate a quid pro quo on that level right um the democrats have so much power they spun that whole narrative around and started accusing president trump of colluding with russia which we all painfully endured for at least a couple years right um, and then the facts of the matter don't come out at the end of the day. Well, I think uh, that the FBI was involved in, in a full-on coup to overthrow a sitting president. My God, well, these are I, dangerous, frightening times. Well, they are, but I, you know, I, I, I want to say this. I think one of the things that, and I said it this morning, we, we, are, in a, we are in a state right now where we, and, and, and I'll get your, I'll, I'll ask you if this is, if this is how you feel. In back in the Revolutionary War, and I'm, I'm a big history buff. I love history. Back in the Revolutionary mm -hmm. War, um, we were losing. The Patriots were losing their independence and create, you know, the, to this fight for freedom. And mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. used to say all of the same bad things about the Patriots back in 
in uh, the revolutionary time. They did. I mean, they, they, you're fighting for freedom. Uh, you, you have to think the way we think, tell you to think, everything else. So, so, so a similar kind of background to what they're doing. They haven't reinvented anything, right? They're using right. the same playbook that's gone on for hundreds of years. But we were playing by their rules. We were lining up. We would drop the muskets. We would fight f- using their, their, their environments yeah. until, we, until we didn't, until we decided that, you know what, we're going to play from the trees. We're going to use guerrilla tactics. We're going to use things that we know will lead to us being able to win. And we'll beg for forgiveness later. Do you think we're there now? Oh, in terms of... Not violence. Yeah, like the- but using tactics that are outside of the playing field that they're actually asking us to play. I think these same tactics have been used for thousands of years, not hundreds, that we've been manipulating human behavior through fear and information for thousands of years. And, you know, the big buzzword is like tech tyranny, Google and Facebook and these controlling companies. Um, It was Carnegie Steel. You know what I mean? We're building New York City um, when we needed unions back then. Um, I'm not so sure we need unions now. But I think that corporations have been running the world for a long time, like thousands of years. Who built the pyramids, for example? You know what I mean? Like what corporation was behind that is what I'm kind of wondering. But what I also think is that right now, People are finally waking up to all of it. There is a massive awakening happening. And in my opinion, that's why it feels like they're in such a hurry to tear this system down. Like May 23rd, oh, the border's wide open. Well, it's actually wide open already now. They aren't enforcing anything already now. Um, But you look at some of the things that this so-called Biden administration is doing, and it feels to me like they're they're really rapidly trying to tear this down as fast as they can. Why? Because I think people are waking up in massive numbers every day. So, so we're going to do a quick ad read for one of our sponsors, and then I want to get into asking you the questions about that because I want to bring up Ukraine and Russia. That will be the next thing we talk about. But today's podcast is sponsored by Air Medicare Network. If you live in a rural area, if you find yourself traveling a lot, if you do a lot of hiking, if you put yourself in high-risk environments, or even if you drive to work every day, there's no telling what could happen to you. It's not you that you should be worried about. It's the people around you. But God forbid something happened to you. We want to make sure your family is protected in, in case anyone needs to be air medically transported. Insurance companies won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight. But with airmedcarenetwork.com, you're always covered. For as little as $85 a year, your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. It is fire insurance. So for our listeners, um, if you go to airmedcarenetwork.com daily and use promo code daily, you can receive up to a $50 Visa gift card when you sign up today. Do not get the Amazon card. But if you go there and you sign up, you can get the $50 gift card. We don't do business with Amazon. So just so we're clear, no Amazon, airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily, promo code daily. They've been a longtime partner of Conservative Daily Podcast. Okay, so, Garrett, I'm from the south side of heaven, I like to say, right? Mm -hmm. I don't advocate for violence, right? and we are, we are dealing with um, a pretty, you know, a substantial, you could call it a collapse. We're already at the brink of a collapse. But since yeah. Joe Biden occupied the White House 
and the election was stolen in 2020. Sorry, I didn't ask you if you thought that, but I'm going to assume that you probably Agreed. have a good idea of common mm -hmm. sense. Especially um, regarding recent news on that. What, what are you talking about? You're talking Sorry about, to interrupt. You're talking about 2,000 mules? Come on. That's, exactly. That's been, de that's been debunked by, by PolitiFact. <laughs> Brother, come on now. Right. I, I am so yeah, disappointed in you right now. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I mean, as a Navy yep. SEAL, you should have done a little bit more, a little bit more research. I mean, PolitiFact says that it is completely debunked. Did they? Isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, there was a lot of evidence that was drowned and stifled, you know, that would have clearly shown that the election was stolen um, a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I'm going to watch 2,000 Mules tonight. I've been catching little tidbits of what that's about here and there. Um so I'm looking forward to it. I think there's probably more to it than just people stuffing ballots into the election box. So if I were to take a guess. Well, there, there's got to be a level of sophistication. We talked about this before. The machines still have to read those ballots, and they have to be legitimate ballots. And based on the number of ballots that were pushed into each one of these different drop boxes, we were able to figure out based on video that, frankly, it would have to be a concerted effort. They would include things like Runbeck, which uh, prints ballots, um, as well as any high high um, resolution printers and, you know, fake ballots and other things that they, we know that they were doing based on the paper quality. But the next thing I want to talk to you about is Ukraine. I have been called okay. a Russian propagandist because I think for myself and I will never sit on the side of the devil. But um, I'd like to, you know, maybe you could teach me something. I, I, I don't know where you sit on the Ukraine-Russia issue, but I certainly am interested in hearing about it. Okay, well, let me be honest. I, I'm not staying glued to every single detail that's going on in the Ukraine. Um, I poured some time and energy into that when it was first clacking off, and I found that, um, that Zelensky was installed basically by Biden uh, back when Obama was president, when the United States supported the coup that overthrew the sitting president of the Ukraine at that time, and then they installed Zelensky. So, you know, I'm looking at, oh, here we are. We're back to Zelensky and Biden. And as I've already mentioned, Biden's quid pro quo with folks in the Ukraine. I think his history of corruption with the Ukraine goes way back. Um, one thing that I'm not buying about this, <clears throat> I remember hearing that um, COVID was almost non-existent in Russia. And there were no mask mandates and there were no... Um, a vaccine mandates either. So I know this is a little off the beaten path, but I was listening to a lady who's um, kind of a psychic channeler type lady. Um, <laughs> I know, but she said something kind of interesting, all right? And what she said was that Putin is a rogue agent. And to be honest, like she's kind of left leaning, the lady who is doing this. Uh, this channeling session um, that I'm watching on YouTube because I'm skipping through, you know what I mean? I have to come across this. But anyway, so Putin is a rogue agent. And right then she kind of stops. She's got her twist on that. And uh, she's kind of all fired up, to be honest, because she's left-leaning. Well, why can't we just take this guy out is what she said. And what I'm realizing in that moment is that Putin is a rogue agent just like Saddam Hussein was. 
looking back on everything now, like when I was young, dumb, and full of cum, it made no sense that we were going into Iraq. And I was an active duty SEAL team guy at the time. And I was just like, whatever. All right, Iraq. Iraq is next. Let's go get some. And I think that's how a lot of guys were. Uh, but I think a lot of guys are not like that now. I think, well, I think in that, fact, uh, most of my peers are see Saddam Hussein as the guy who wasn't going along with the globalist agenda. In fact, that that's confirmed from a buddy of mine. Um, I'll just give a first name, Hamodi, who um, was an Iraqi general at the age of 21 in the new Iraqi army. A highly accomplished guy at, at a very young age. Um, and he agreed with that. I was speaking with him a few days ago. So I see Putin having that in common with with Saddam Hussein. And I honestly think that that's kind of what all of this is about at the end of the day, is that Putin isn't playing their big game. So they've devised a way to take him down. Well, interesting, interesting side note on that. Would you say that Gaddafi was also a similar situation? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. because it, be, between the three of them, little little known fact, uh, Gaddafi and Hussein both tried to uh, pull their their country out of the globalist orb of mm-hmm. influence, and they all ended up. Oh, Putin's not dead yet, but the two the two others ended up dead. Uh, you know, on the basis of returning uh, sovereignty, nationalist sovereignty to their own country, and they also mm-hmm. wanted a, a gold standard. So both Hussein mm-hmm. and Libya and Gaddafi both died at the hands of a overthrow or a, a destabilization, uh, U.S.-funded destabilization. And now, to yeah. me, same guy, same mindset, Putin, looking to pull back and, and maintain sovereignty of his own people and country, is that they, they have him, you know, sided in to do the same thing to him. And they, they won't stop. They, at, at all costs, they'll make sure that they get their way. Now, if you remember back in 19, yeah. I think it was 1998, maybe it was 1996, Madeleine Albright <laughs> was asked simply when 500,000 or more children were killed in Iraq during the first offensive, whether or not it was worth it. And uh, her response was, absolutely, we think it was worth it that these 500,000 children died. So there, there, there's a there's a history behind the Democrats not caring about human life while they're talking about preserving human life, which is typically how you trace it back to the you know Margaret Sanger and what they've done to the to the minority community specifically. In uh, more babies, you know, 60 million babies were killed since Roe versus Wade. But mm-hmm. I, I think that the reason the reason why I'm um, you know, we, we look at Saddam Hussein. I look at the Middle East differently than most. Arabia. So uh, I taught myself Arabic going back and forth to the Middle East and Africa. Um, I did get a chance mm-hmm. to meet with Gaddafi um, uh, in Libya. Not, I guess I shouldn't say in Libya. I got a chance to meet with Gaddafi at an undisclosed location. I also met with Mohammed Hussein Vlaw, the head of the Hezbollah um, in, mm-hmm. in uh, um, uh, Lebanon. I've met with leaders that are considered terrorist uh, President al-Bashir of Sudan that's now in exile um, that was arrested when the country went through. I saw the, you know, so I've seen a lot, right? I've seen a, I've seen a terrible mm-hmm. amount of uh, injustice and, you know, the, the lack of respect for the sovereignty of nations. But it does actually trace back to not playing ball. And you got to figure out who's at the very top of all that. And you were in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's at the top of all that? 
I think it's those uh, families that built New York City, for example, sometimes now referred to as Illuminati, whatever their name is, um, corporations and a handful of people are what's running the world, in my opinion. I think it's interesting as things really spiral out of control. I think a lot of people initially when Biden got in, they're like, oh, well, you know, you get it for four years. We get it for four years. We'll come back to it. We'll fight over it again in four years. I think a lot of people are, are, are starting to, as you said, wake up to this, uh, that there is no intention uh, with the current regime of allowing it to return back to any semblance of normalcy. You know, we see stuff that would uh, kind of puts the USSR <coughs> to shame in that we have the uh, disinformation governance board, hardcore leftists uh, appointed to it, who has been outspoken against all of the uh, disinformation that actually has come to reality and, and, and has mm -hmm. been proven true, whether it's the Hunter Biden laptop. You know, side note to Ukraine, did you read any of the emails, Garrick? No, regarding the Ukraine? Yeah, fascinating. Uh, and, you know, we're dealing with this whole over, or, you know, uprising with Roe versus Wade and this, you know, smoke show over here, please look over here as uh, indictments are pending and, and moving forward against DNC, Fusion GPS, mm -hmm. uh, Perkins Cooey, all of the people involved in the fake Russia collusion dossier, uh, Hunter Biden laptop, uh, mm -hmm. very, very, very likely, very possible in the near future that the president's son is going to be indicted on on charges that would put all of us away for years and then ukraine with the emails their hunter's firm was directly involved in investment in a, a, a bio lab in ukraine that was researching pathogens and that same bio lab was funded by fauci that was in wuhan the same it's the same web i mean you follow the money it's the same web and so we're looking at the the, the, the craziness is just soaring yeah. now and it's the floodgates are open I they think are steamrolling right over the top of us is what I think. I, I honestly don't think anything will come of Hunter Biden's laptop because right in the face of bald-faced crimes and everything else, they don't care. They literally don't care. You've got a few people opposing the mainstream narrative that they carry forward, and they get away with it, and they just don't care. Right. I, I, I'll be surprised if anything happens with Hunter Biden, to so be Garrick, perfectly honest. Garrick, don't, don't do it right now, but I want you to work the problem. We're going to talk offline about that. We're going to work that problem. I, I have a feeling we'll come up cool. with a couple solutions. <laughs> so so, yeah. so you're, you're in Portland right now? Do you, do you live in Oregon right now? Where, where are you now? Oh, no. I have moved from the portland area and i'm now kind of co-located in two different states oklahoma and texas all right two free states of freedom absolutely okay my stress level dropped about 50 percent moving so, here <laughs> so so what part of texas i just got a place in san antonio that's going to be my new home are you anywhere close to there uh, dallas dallas area all right dfw area yes that's right so what do you think that's going to happen in the summer of 2022? We've seen a, a taste of 2020, and now we have this Roe versus Wade deal. Antifa has been reactivated. Now Biden's asking for 20, more, 20 billion more dollars for COVID relief, which means they're going to be using that money to fund nonprofits. What, where do you think that puts us in the mm -hmm. summer of 2022? You know, I'm always kind of looking at big picture what they're doing here. Um, 
and honestly, it took me a couple months or so to figure it out with COVID, like why they were pushing COVID like they were back in 2020. And then I pretty quickly understood it was about decimating the economy. That's what it was doing. Um, it was decimating the economy. It still is decimating the economy. Um, some of the COVID restrictions that are completely lifted. And I might add that um, sending those stimulus checks out allowed Antifa and BLM to not have jobs and to protest every day for months on end. We were like literally funding the destruction of our own cities um, when we could have easily just put people back to work. Um, but what's going on now, like, yeah, I do see there's been a big lull in the fire, so to speak. And I think they're, in a, as I have said, in a hurry to destroy the country. So they're looking for a mechanism to, to get the firefight started again. And I think Roe versus Wade is that. So, so, so based on that, the Roe versus Wade issue, let, let, let's just let's just ask the question. Let's pull let's pull the bandaid off a little bit, and just peel it back. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and and again, this is, gets to me working the problem because I think that's a, a a common theme. And as we work the problem, how do we eliminate Antifa? How do we how do we stop this government sponsored, intelligence created, nonprofit? criminal enterprise that has crept yeah. across the entire country uh we can't um i had offered um solutions that i know would have assisted the portland police bureau greatly in doing their job um and making arrests and then stopping antifa and blm um and in at least one of my solutions was presented to the portland police bureau chief of police by one of the captains who was a friend of mine and told me it was shot down. Um, but then I'm looking at buddies of mine who were on, say, like the Portland CERT team, for example, or other friends of mine who were uh, more along the lines of regular cops on the Portland Police Bureau. Um, they weren't allowed to do their jobs. We had the ability to restore law and order. We just didn't. They weren't allowed to do their jobs. So in terms of, like, like how do we get rid of Antifa and BLM, we can't. Because it's like they're approved. They get the rubber stamp from the top down, starting with Joe Biden. So, who, by so, the way, says they don't even exist, which is kind of interesting. But, you well, know. They, they started that narrative, you know, and, and if you don't know, I was on the call with Antifa's Eric Coomer, who runs the strategy and security for Dominion Voting Systems. They say that they weren't on the call because I didn't record it. It didn't happen because I won't give up the mm -hmm. Antifa guy that got me on the call. It didn't happen. And they said that it was a highly illikely, unlikely that that would have occurred. And I don't know if you know anything about the Eric Coomer thing or the Dominion voting systems, but I think they're in trouble because um, there's other information that's coming out now about Mr. Coomer. I'm not calling him Dr. Coomer because I think the guy's a, a village idiot, but uh, mm -hmm. about Mr. Coomer, about his behavior before and after and things that he's done in other countries. Let, let me ask you, you come up with solutions. Everyone else comes up with solutions. We know Antifa is an organization. Um, you know, why is it that we're losing when we're the most powerful group? I mean, the Patriots are the most powerful group in this country. We obviously, frankly, have a whole lot more courage than they do on the radical left. Um, yeah. wh why is it we can't rip the Band-Aid off, get into the middle of it, 
you know, take these fascists that they, they call themselves anti-fascists, take these fascists and literally just yeah. assign consequence to them burning and looting and doing the things they're doing in our community. Well, let me let me be brutally honest here. Let's go go back thirty. I don't think you years. have any other way of being. By the way, I don't even know if you know anything other than brutally. <laughs> it's honest. true. It's in my own death sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately. Brutally honest, uh, and being brutally honest, if we were to go back, I'd say thirty, forty years, patriots like myself would be kicking in the doors of these Antifa guys in the middle of the night and f- annihilating them. Period. Putting them down. All right, but now we've got a justice system that is against the patriots, like the FBI is, you know, investigating January 6th, still possibly, I think they finally came around to saying it wasn't an insurrection. Um, But, you know, our own justice system, Department of Homeland Security, is, um, is actively looking at people like myself i'm sure they're watching this right now just waiting for me to say something so i'll slip up so they can come Ooh. knock on the door right? Mufasa, say it again um, so just to be clear i'm not doing anything period yeah. i'm just waiting for this thing to collapse and fall and it is and that's what they've beautifully orchestrated they are smart, extremely smart in the way that everything is being carried out. And they've been putting pieces in motion for years. I have people hit me up on Instagram occasionally who will make a comment like, when are we getting our country back? I'm like, never. It's not coming back. It's in the process of falling. In fact, I'm surprised it's still standing. That's where I'm at with it. Well, um, so I have a more biblical uh, approach to it. I will tell you. Um, okay, now, Joe. <laughs> and and listen, I, I'm always up for the fight, and I'm up for the fight. And and frankly, uh, I remember it was January of 2020. Before any of this mm-hmm. happened, I sat in my house and I had a dream. And you, you brought up uh, stuff. I, I think that God's never come down and been like burning bush, Joe. Here's burning bush. Hey, do this. That never happened. But I did have this dream about absolute mm-hmm. turmoil, right? And uh, walking through a city where it was in, it was in crumbling, right? That there was buildings that had fallen around me. And uh, I remember turning to my wife and I was like, Things, uh, this year is not going to be a good year. That was in 2020 in January. And I remember writing down in my journal, which is, is the part that scared me. I, I went to London. And I know you probably don't want to hear the story. And no, I don't think I've even shared this story, but maybe I have. Mr. Producer, I know I've shared it with you. You have, yeah. But uh, I went to London in uh, the end of February, early March of 2020. And this will blow your mind. I was coming back and I was like, something's not right. It was a huge storm that was there. I kept telling my wife I couldn't sleep. And uh, we came back to this this deal. And I, I told my wife that night, I was like, I remember that dream I kept having back in January. I was like, I don't feel, I don't feel good. And I was mm-hmm. a CEO of a tech company. Everything was going well. I'm second time. I'm going to be Ernst Young entrepreneur of the year finalist. I'm talking to different companies about acquisition. I'm, I'm well on my way to, and, I, and I'm, I'm involved in a lot of things. Like we have gun stores and ranges, which I mean, obviously we're going to talk about your targets mm-hmm. as well here um, and you know, how we can connect on that. But, um, and then everything happened, like March happened. You know, the, mm-hmm. hey, shut things down, throw away the key, kick people out, shut down businesses. Um, and so I decided that at that point that my pathway had nothing to do with 
with being a business guy anymore, specifically in the tech, and that leadership was the place that I had to go. So I took this 180, but you could see it. I mean, you could almost see it going in from 2019 to 2020. And I like to think uh -huh. that maybe that, that dream was based on just seeing what was happening through 2019, but it just felt like more. And, and I think you're wrong. I'm going to tell you, I think you're wrong. Yeah. I think okay. we can save the nation. But I, think I hope gonna, I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, there are some things you would love to be wrong about, and yeah. this is one of them. Uh, I had a similar, oh, it wasn't exactly a dream. It was more of like a, I'm into meditating and stuff now. I might have had some PTSD issues previously, possibly. <laughs> no, but I have found a found a, an, an excellent method. Um, I'm completely cured of whatever I had going on. So I meditate regularly. I was in a deep meditation probably two, three weeks ago. Um, and I, I was, it was just being impressed upon me that we are in these end of times right now, like the biblical end of times that have been written about for at least a couple of thousand years, right, is happening. That's going down like right now. And it just, uh, oh, the immense oh, reality of that was really coming upon me during that meditation. Um, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I, I think that it's, it's just interesting because the more people I talk to about this, the more they feel as if something, like this is just a, a precursor of things to come. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's vitally important, and I've always said this, that as you work the problem, that uh, people that are on our side, that are truly on our side, we learn to stand together collectively, set aside our mm -hmm. petty differences, and really just get to to work in the problem. I'm going to just talk about one of our sponsors real quick and then um, uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet. Uh, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you or concerned about the privacy of your identity. Um, IP Vanish is this great VPN service and they're here to protect your right to privacy. Um, so what they, what they do is they have the ability to protect your private details from parties such as hackers, ISPs, or advertisers, even when devices that you use, such as your Fire Stick, when you're streaming media, computers, tablets, phones, all of your data is encrypted when you use this, meaning your private details, passwords, communication, browser history, and more will be completely shielded. Um, it makes you virtually Im invisible online. You can use IPVanish on, on unlimited devices and is offered for an incredibly 70, incredible 70% 70 off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. It's easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Um, take back your privacy today with a brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com and you have to use the slash daily. Um, and use promo code daily. And I do want to tell you that if you're using some sort of app, location app or things like that, um, sometimes you have to turn off the VPN in order to connect. Um, just so you know, it, it, it was a problem for me and I've seen it's been a problem for others, but uh, it's, a, it's a great service. So, Garrick, you here? You here with me? I'm here, yeah. That sounds like a great product, by the way. It, it, turn it, that it, in. It is I a think great, I'm going to have to add product. that to the cell phone. <laughs> So you're living in you're living in DFW, and now you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah. You got a great yeah. business, and it, it centers around what you've done as a SEAL a little bit and keeping people prepared. Tell us a little bit about it. All right. Um, let's see. I quit contracting in 2015. I started running uh, tactical training courses under a company I called Red Frog at the time. 
Um, <clears throat> I did that for, oh, I don't know, until 2019. Pretty hot and heavy on that for about four years. I was running that with my former fiance. We just had a different opinion. We went separate directions. Um, and long story short is that I really, while I was in the SEAL teams and during my instructor tour there, and I took an extra leap forward and became a master training specialist, which, which taught me how to develop curriculum, like um, develop it, maintain it, implement uh, a first-class training system. Um, and as I'm paying attention to the courses that I'm running, um, and I've got learning objectives lined out for just about every shooting drill, I began to realize that that the targets I was using were probably the biggest weakness in my curriculum. Um, so I'm looking at like what we're what are we actually doing overseas when we're shooting and we're in these firefights and whatnot. Um, it kind of amounts to like footwork, turning corners, um, getting sight pictures, right? Through a, a variety of different methods. Um, and we're shooting guys, obviously, who are rarely just standing there um, with like a 38 special from 1970 down here at the hip, you know, um, I'm noticing that, oh, probably most of the training that I was running was just on like a standard cardboard dipstick target. Um, and then if I was looking for something kind of 3d, it was hard to get like good training aids, which is what targets essentially are. So since nobody was making the training aids that I realized we needed to ramp up the training, um, I decided I'd start making those myself. Um, I started, I already knew quite a bit about training techniques and whatnot, as you might imagine, but I dove into this. And what I began to realize is that there was a lot of concepts based in neuroscience that really applied to tactical firearms training and that the targets were integral to that. So um, there's like, a paradigm, a training paradigm that's been in existence for at least 30 years. Military, law enforcement, civilians have all been training each other to shoot center mass. You just kind of shoot center mass first, um, keep pressing trigger until the threat is eliminated. That's the gist of it, right? Shoot center mass. Well, you start so wondering why. Let's put these up. We let's have, put we these have up. Side. Let's put the site up behind us, if you would. Um, but here are some of the targets and some of the scenarios that are available. Cool. So, so you have them for uh, DA. If you click on the soft OGA, I don't know if you can do that. There's some targets in there that are kind of interesting. These are, in this category, these are what I call near-peer threat targets. So, like, these are the types of... Um, characters that were beginning to engage overseas um guys who were kitted up like um the guy on the far right has got night vision helmet suppressed weapon um the spetsnaz guys for example are getting kitted up just like us really about the only reason or way you can tell a spetsnaz soldier from an american soldier is he's gonna have a tricked out ak-47 but all the gear and everything that they're wearing is really similar. I mean, sometimes, I mean, guys kind of prefer these cry-precision uh, camouflage pants and shirts and whatnot. They're wearing cry-pants, cry-shirts. Um, the belts and stuff you can see are coming from American tactical training companies. 
and full-on Spetsnaz dudes are wearing this stuff. Um, there's some components within the Chinese Communist Party um, as well that are, I wouldn't say they're on our level, but um, they're special operations guys. I mean, like further down, there's that kind of blue and white camo on that target. I don't know if you can scroll down there. Go down a little bit, if okay. Mr. Producer. Thanks, sir. Go down, Mr. Producer. Um, yeah, so that guy on the left there, that was that's an image of one of the Chinese equivalents of, of a Navy SEAL. Um, with the um, QBC Type 95 with an optic on it, and he's got some load-bearing equipment and whatnot. So psychologically, there's a big difference between shooting at a dude who's an off-duty cop posing for pictures with his Saturday night special on his hip um, and a dude who's kitted up with an angry look on his face ready to eat your lunch. I mean, there's a certain psychology that goes behind that as well. So, um, like, further down where you just scroll down to, that target on the far left is taken from an, an actual Spetsnaz guy. Um, and that's how some of those guys are kitted up for some of their missions right now, yeah. Like that dude right there. And you and you um, so, model the designs all your own, right? <clears throat> you you produce I do. 3D imaging. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. So I'm using 3D animation software to jump into this. And as we shoot center mass, well, you can see on the Spetsnaz target right there, he's holding up an H&K, like, MP5, and he's got body armor on. And if you shoot him center mass, you're going to lose that gunfight. Um, in fact, a buddy of mine has a great, great story that really illustrates how shoot center mass may just get you killed. Uh, dude who was contracting with me. Um, was at the embassy annex there in Kabul in 2014. There was a complex attack being conducted at the embassy annex um, by, we found out later, these were the instructors um, conducting training for the Haqqani Network, um, that particular terrorist organization. So, so grab a little drink here. So, um, you, so go ahead, Joe. No, I just the, the 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 good questions because you're not going to send them shoot them center mass, and this, by the way, becomes a new urban target, the urban threat that we have as mm -hmm. Americans, and we're taught to shoot center mass. Um, at this case, is are you are you aiming uh, to uh, artery in a leg? Are you aiming for the head? <coughs> you know, where, where are we where are we aiming for someone that is? I mean, at this point, it's it's soft targets in order to create damage. And then okay. execution, well, right? Is that is that is that the so, theory? well? Good question. So um, the head is a viable target. I was told 20, 30 years ago, don't aim for the head. Like the head's bobbing and weaving. It's a hard target. You're not going to hit it. And you know what that amounts to? It's a very low training standard and mediocrity. It's it's infuriating to says be honest. the seal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the seal. Um, but you know, it's honest. You know, honestly, when we raise our expectations, when we raise the bar, people tend to like raise their abilities. When right. the bar is set really low and they feel like that's all they need to do, that's all they do. You know what I mean? But when you, the expectations are way up here, people raise, rise to the occasion, is what I've found. Um, there's, people doing amazing athletic stuff i mean like i kind of got into riding dirt bikes a year ago i wreck all the time by the way <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> i look at what these guys are doing on dirt bikes 
I'm like, what planet is this dude from? Like, how do you do that? Um, and that's just one small example, but really the gist of it is amazing training um, is almost always responsible for doing like amazing athletic feats. So, um, well, let me get back to describing what happened there at the embassy annex because it's kind of interesting. So, um, one of the guys, uh, one of the terrorists involved had on a suicide bomber vest. He clacked himself off and that kind of alerted everybody to the fact that there was an attack going on. Um, oh, and I should mention just prior to that, um, these four guys were in this four door Toyota Corolla. They realized the jig is up. They're wearing army fatigues. Um, they've got really good fake military ID cards, but our local guard force guys knew that there was something up with these guys. Um, so they had them hemmed up in our outer perimeter. Um, they realized the jig is up. Four dudes stepped out of the car simultaneously, put down seven guards in like two seconds. Um, they were really good shooters, very proficient shooters. Um, so this buddy of mine, Ray, and another former SEAL team guy punch out into that outer compound. And the first guy they encounter is a guy standing there in army fatigues. Well, Ray's got on a plate carrier, you know what I mean? He's running his HK-416. Um, and this guy's got his AK kind of hidden down by his side. Um, but Ray is trained in on his head. This guy comes up so fast that he put two rounds on Ray's plates before he could even respond. So Ray kind of absorbed those rounds, pressed trigger, and canoed the guy's head. But really, what that shows you is that that guy, it was, he he's training guy. <laughs> he's, he's training to shoot center mass. Yeah. And even though Ray's standing there wearing a plate carrier, playing his day, he's truly a product of his training. And he did as he had trained that particular thing <laughs> probably hundreds of times, right? Um, and that was at a distance of about 25 yards. you got to give that guy kudos, man. I mean, there he is. There's an American special operations dude trained in on him like this, and he's got the audacity to come up and put two rounds on his plates. He would have won that gunfight if he had aimed for Ray's head. But... You know, this is where this comes in. It's like everybody's been training to shoot center mass first. So the neuroscience in it comes um, from primarily from a 2014 study conducted by neuroscientists at MIT who determined that we can process an image in just 13 thousandths of a second. So old data, back when we started training ourselves to do this, um, suggested that uh, it took the brain a quarter of a second to even understand what you were looking at. Yeah, uh, and, and then a quarter of a second for your brain, for example, to turn, tell your finger to start pressing trigger. So a half a second of reaction time before anything's even moving. Well, competition shooters across the United States have blown that out the window for years already, right? Um, a lot of these dudes are really fast. Um, so really the gist of what we're doing with the targets is training you to see where to shoot. I call it image processing training. So you are within 13 thousandths of a second going to analyze what you're looking at and you're simply going to see where to effectively place rounds. But you can't do that um, 
unless you, one, have a variety of targets that should be pertinent to the threat that you plan to engage. So if you're a special operations shoulder soldier overseas looking to engage possibly a near-peer threat, you should be training with targets depicting dudes wearing body armor and helmet and everything else because those are the types of dudes we're starting to run into overseas. Um, or if it's back here in the United States, you might want to train on a target that's a mean-looking thug with a great big butcher knife like that MS-13 guys are known for knives and hacking right. people up. And, and they don't carry little pocket knives. They're known for carrying, like, meat flavors and hacking arms off and stuff, you know? So um, those are the types of threats we should be looking at when we're engaging um, and training to shoot, in my opinion. Well, all right, so... So uh, we're out of time, but I mean, we're going to have more conversations. I might actually fly to DFW to hang out with you for a bit. Um, I got to get down there. I got to get down there anyway. But uh, um, right on, Joe. Where, where can they find you? They can find you at highvaluetarget, right? dot com. Highvaluetarget.com? Yes, sir. That'll work. Yes. Maybe explain. That's I know. Right. I know. I know some of the. the yeah, there's a small note on your page that some of the designs are not in stock because you print them to order. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Well, I've got about 100 targets online right now, and probably 50 of them have been printed. So when I start getting requests for a particular target, like maybe two, three guys have sent me emails like, hey, print this one next. That's the next one that'll get printed up. So, you know, I'm a small business owner here. I've got limited funds. I'd print everything right now if I could. Um, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So I'm just doing the best I can with what I've got. Well, uh, just so you know, we own three gun stores and ranges, so um, we're going to load you up on buying a bunch of stuff from you. Um, if you Thank guys, are, Joe. if you guys are out and about and you want to buy some of these targets, um, go to highvaluetarget.com, buy the target. They come in twenty uh, pack, a pack of twenty. Um, I assume they're <laughs> like a, a two foot by is it a three foot by what's what's the what's the footprint of the. Of the target. Yeah, the dimensions are 21 inches wide by 33 inches long. So okay. a lot of the outdoor shooting stands that held the Ipset targets that I was running for years are 18 inches wide, 18, 20 inches wide, something like that. Yeah. Um, so these will fit on the outdoor stands that a lot of people are using to run training outside. Um, but then also they're also really good for the, uh, the indoor ranges, especially indoor ranges because the paper is so thick that it won't blow apart at the closer distances on an indoor range. And you also sell the backer board uh, as well. So you have backer boards you can buy if you want to put them on backer boards as well. They're 30, or excuse me, 21 by 33s if you're doing outdoor. And if you're indoor, yes. obviously there's backer boards that they have in stock there anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Okay, give us a, you, you, I'll give you the, the, the final word. But I, I want you to encourage people to work the problem and that the world's not going to fall apart and we're not going to lose our country. So I'm going to make you kind of go back on that and say that Joe has surprised me with the idea that we are literally going to save our nation. And because you're so good at working the problem, you're going to help us work this problem. You know, I do think there's a solution at the end that's going to look better than where we're at now. <clears throat> but I think there's going to be a fair amount of turmoil that we're going to go through to get there. To be honest, I think um, I think it's important to shoot and stay sharp because I do anticipate a large amount of social chaos coming up here in the near future. 
I think a lot of people would agree that it's uh, being fabricated. Yeah, like you can see they're pushing for it. Is I'm looking for reasons of why Roe versus Wade would pop up right now, right? As we were already talking about, um, the best reason I can see is that that's going to be the fuel, the catalyst for another summer of destruction. I'd love to be wrong about it. I hope I am. Um, but I think that it's important to really stay sharp with the shooting skills. If we see, say, like um, our food supply is being attacked right now, um, that's not being reported on properly. But people are going to go crazy if they don't have food. They're going to be banding up in small little gangs, kicking indoors to see what they can take from you. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons, more reasons than ever before, that why citizens need to not just go to the range and shoot. I mean, like, in my opinion, in fact, I had this guy go, oh, yeah, target shooting. Target shooting, that sounds good, man. I'd like to do some target shooting with you. I'm like, no, man, this is not target shooting this is training for a gunfight there's a big difference <laughs> freaking love That's this guy where we're at. And, and by the way all the curse words that i have not said over the last two weeks garrick has taken care of it for me and you got you covered you're welcome joe well, we have to have you back. Garrett, I just want to say also, number one, you are hilarious, but I want to actually, I just want to especially thank you myself because what you're talking about with targets and what you just mentioned about what people might be facing, even as what we've seen with the Antifa, you know, trash bags uh, and what they do, like people mm-hmm. will prepare a lot more than most assume. And I think it's really, really important uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it because even among people who shoot regularly, I see them. Uh, they're training with these outdated methods, and they—I still see people shooting like it's 1985. Uh, so 95, I, I think not 85. Come on now, you give it 30. 85, years. 85. No, I see, <laughs> I see 85. Uh, but I'm, I just—I want to thank you because I—I do think that you're going to—you're uh, going to help a lot of people stay safe and understand what that actually means, thank especially and the mentality. So God bless you. I really, I really appreciate, appreciate that. What you're thank doing. you. Hey, so two things, two things. Thank you, Apollo. So it's two things I want to do. Number one, I'm going to pray for you. So we're going to do that before you get off. I'm going to pray for you. Roger that. Um, That that I'm going to do. The the second thing is, is that I want you to know that we're going to support you. So after this is over, we're going to get you with um, our supplier, excuse me, our our inventory guy. We're going to buy a crap load of of stuff from you and make you our, our new favorite person to buy all these targets from. So, and, and, Thank you, and, Joe. And, and I have a huge Thank influence. So much, I have a Thank huge you. influence on gun stores and ranges across the the country. Um, so I will. I mean, I'll we're, I'll be your Huckleberry. And by the way, I have printers. Thank you, Joe. So if you have a problem with printing stuff, hmm, we're gonna help you with that too. But you got to come out. Oh, you got to oh, come out. Looking to forward to talking with you after this, Joe. All right, so we're going to pray for you because, man, number one, cool. I got to get you to work the problem more. You know the problem too much. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't I can't let you I go like that. Be negative. Person, Come on, no pessimism, right? They're going to send you. They're going to they're going to shoot you center, center mass, and we're going to canoe their head. That's all you got to say. See? Hey, nothing nothing can go to can go to heaven in a handbasket before I get to shoot with you someday. So I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> well, let's all make right. it happen at one of Joe's ranges there. Hey, let's do it. All right, we're going to pray for you. Father God, cool. we are we are so grateful for the opportunity we have to be born in a nation such as this. Father, we are eternally grateful for Garrick's sacrifice, for his service, for the years that he gave defending this nation. 
Father, we are, we are grateful for friendship. We are grateful for just the, the, the blessings, the, just the many blessings that we have collectively as people that we, that we ignore, that we, that, we, that we oversee, that you give us. Father, th these are exciting times. We were born for such a time as this. We know that you kept us for this time. And, and we also know that it, it looks bleak at times. But we know that if we act in faith, if we have faith and act in faith, that you will deliver if we do the things that we need to do in order to protect and preserve our nation. Father, please be with Garrick. Soften his heart when necessary and give him the strength and courage that he can do your work. Give him the, give him the strength to know when to turn a cheek and when not to. When to stand up and when not to. Give him the strength to be at peace with himself. And give him the ability to lead as you've already given him the tools, the talents to lead. Father, please, please bless him with prosperity. Please bless him with companionship and, and friendship that is far outreaching of things that he's ever imagined having. And he's had, he's had some great relationships being a SEAL. But I would say, Father, help him to not walk alone and to have people around him that encourage him, take away some of his pessimism, and that, that guard his heart, Father. Father, as we, as we go about our day, help us that we may honor you. And, and we know that, that anger is that thing that creeps up when we see people get hurt, when we see things that aren't right. Father, I would just ask you to get into our heart and calm that and help us make better decisions and work the problem and do the things that you need us to do in order to preserve our society and our community so that we can have future opportunities for our kids, grandkids, and generations we'll never see. Father, please help us to be selfless, service-oriented, and do the things that are necessary to eliminate the evil in our society and around the world. Please bless those people that are listening. Bless our enemies that they may turn to you, Father. Help us to understand the pain that they must be feeling and to help us speak to their heart that they may overcome that pain. I say all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. I got you, brother. I got your six. That was an awesome prayer, Joe. Thank you. I pray every day, and thank you for that. I got you. I got you. And I, I will tell you, I want to thank you again for the sacrifice that you've made and you continue to make. And I want you to know that hope is not lost. It's not lost. There are many people out there like you that are fighting for the greater good of this nation and the world. And you're at the front of that line. And the sacrifice that you've made and the things that you've seen, some of which will haunt you. I know they haunt me, and I am not no, nowhere near the experiences you've had. But I want you to know I'll pray for you every day, and we're here for you, and, uh, and that we are eternally grateful for the sacrifice and the things that you've done in order to preserve this nation. Thank you so much, Joe. God bless you. Thank you, Dave. Good man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Joe. Garrick Fernball, that guy is a stud. Oh, I, I, again, you, I'll show you his Instagram. 
I, I already saw this. Fernicus Maximus on yeah. Instagram. He's a good dude, man. He's a super good dude. And and guys, listen, you know, uh, for those of you that are upset over the fact that he cussed because I've stayed away from cussing, I've been I've been trying to be a good boy. Well, he talks like a sailor. Well, but he was a sailor. He, so he's a, he gets the get out of jail free card on that, that behavior. But he's he has sacrificed for so long. I mean, twenty years of giving back to all of you. I mean, think about that. Think about having to be in harm's way while you're playing Xbox or, you know, even a TV dinner or, or going out with your wife. But, you know, this, this is actually why. What, who he is is actually why I continue to fight every day. And, and, I, and I wonder, and I know he wonders. I've been asked to do things. I was young, dumb, and full of all sorts of stuff. And he said it. And he's like, I just went and did it. And then later on he thought about it and he's like, you know what? Maybe I'd maybe maybe I wouldn't have they start to get perspective and that's why veterans are the most dangerous is because they have perspective and They understand what freedom truly is and they understand how important it is But they also understand the manipulation of what evil can do when it permeates and infects an entire society an entire government. I Don't talk with empty words. I Don't and there are times that I say stuff that I shouldn't there are times that I say stuff that I wish I didn't and that's the frustration, the anger coming out over what this country has been, what it should be, and what it needs to return to. So I would just, I would, I would challenge each and every one of you to become an ambassador of truth. You know, we're, we're not always going to say the right thing or do the right thing. But at the end of the day, if we can get back to center, if we can surround ourselves shoulder to shoulder with each other as Americans, Democrats, Republicans, lay that stuff aside. Over here, you have the, the communists and over here, you have Americans. You have people that truly care about this nation, that have had generations that have been lost at war, that blood has been spilled. And it wasn't that long ago. But they want us to forget about it. But we can't. And while a vast majority of veterans end up as homeless on the street and the VA does a terrible job of taking care of them and push them to a place where PTSD takes more soldiers. By the way, I want you to know this. See this on my hand? See this on my hand? See this right here on my trigger? Finger, this right here was given to me by a veteran. Do you know why he gave that to me, Jake? No. So this ring is sterling silver. It's a, it's a, it's a dollar. It's, it's, a, old, it's an old Morgan dollar. Yeah. yeah. And it was given to me to put on my trigger finger as a symbol of the 22 soldiers that lose their life every single day to suicide. 22 soldiers a day, 22 veterans a day lose their life to suicide. And part of that reason is because the government apparatus itself not only does not take care of them, but have used them as a weapon for war, given them all sorts of things where they're in conflict with themselves. Does it sound familiar with what's happening in our society at a young age, what they're doing in the school system they're doing to our soldiers? So I wear it. I wear it in remembrance of the fact that it's on my trigger finger. And it's on my trigger finger so I can remember the sacrifice that's been made in this nation and that no sacrifice, that's why I wear a cross. Because no sacrifice will live up to the sacrifice that Jesus gave his life for us so that we can have eternal life. And as we see evil live in the natural and we start communicating in the supernatural with God, we forget about the fact that in order to reason with the natural, you have to talk in the natural. So we have to be willing to stand up and take back our communities. We have to be willing to stand up and make hard sacrifices. We have to be willing to stand up and speak truth. And no matter what they say about it, we know it's true. 
we know that our sensibilities do not betray us. We know the election was stolen. We know that the border shouldn't be open. We know that sex trafficking is a big problem in our country, and they're filling their coffers with women and children so that they can abuse them. And you could say, Joe, people aren't that evil, and I would tell you, look around. Why most people are good, these people are not good. And they want absolute destruction for you and your family. And there's nothing good that comes out of their mouth. They speak of good while they do evil. And you need to recognize it. And you need to stand up. And you need to stand together. So as we walk forward, because we are out of time, I want to tell you that I want you to become a, a conservative daily member. I want you to go watch 2,000 Mules. I want you to rent the movie, 2,000 Mules. I want you to share it with people. I want you to open up your home and grab 25 people, including some of the most ridiculous people in your environment that literally believe that Biden at some point was elected legally and without fraud. And I want you to bring them to your home, and I want you to play the movie. And then I want you to go back and do the hard research that's necessary in order to recognize that the machines are designed to steal your voice but so are the people. You have to become an ambassador for truth. So go become a member at Conservative Daily for as little as $10. And by the way, you have an option to become a member with us at other plans as well. So you have an advocate, defender, patriot, super patriot, or founder. Each membership option varies in access and discounts to regarding the ability to interact in the Daily Facts Blast with Congress. I'm going to tell you where we're going with this. Take this down, Mr. Producer. It's really simple. We're going to build out the same system so you have the ability to connect on a state level with all of the legislators and everyone and, and even in the judiciary. We're going to make it so that you can actually talk to people that are supposed to be in positions of power and authority within your environment. That is going to happen. The other thing is, is that FEC United is an organization around the country, and we're launching some great things. We're, we're, we have a big launch party tomorrow. We're going to play 2,000 Mules. Um, in Colorado. I'm sorry if you're not in Colorado. We are not going to be broadcasting it. But we're going to play 2,000 Mules, and we're going to launch this thing called People's Chamber of Commerce. You can go to it, peopleschamberofcommerce.com. If, uh, if, if you own a business, you have the ability to sign up in this deal. It's going to be complete chaos for the next year. All the systems built out, you put in all your information, it collects all that information. People can go that are members and do business with you. Um, but it is not, you know, it, it's like you plant a seed, you have to water the seed, and then it grows. And it's all part of FEC United. So if you're a member, if you're if you want to become a member at FEC United, you go there, and then you get access to People's Chamber of Commerce. If you're a business, you can sign up at the People's Chamber of Commerce, and then members can actually engage with you. The fight is not over. The fight is going to be won. One hundred percent, it's going to be won. I will tell you right now that the only way we win is if we all stand up, shoulder to shoulder, look each other's in the eye, set aside our petty differences, connect, and collaborate with other groups. It doesn't need to be FEC United, it could be someone else. On the, on the, the uh, part of protecting our community, uh, TIG has this organization called United American Defense Force, uh, unitedadf.com, United and you can go check out that as well. So that, that organization works on honing your skills on protecting your community. If one of the things that Garrick said is, hey, listen, we're heading into a war. If we're heading into a war, we got to protect our community. We got to protect our family. We got to make sure that we're well trained, that we're looking at things from the perspective of protecting our nation. It, you know, it, it's hard that for me to get on here and talk about that because I feel like I'm telling you about the same thing that the radical left is. Oh, they're going to take away our ability to be transgender. You can be whatever you want. You can be a pink dinosaur for all I care. Just don't, just don't do that to our children. I think that the evil in our society is stripping us of joy. We need to be prepared for it. 
and we need to push that back into the hole it came from. With that said, we're out of time. If you want to, if you want to watch us, subscribe to us at on Rumble. And if you want to see us live, you can go to conservative-daily.com. Rumble, DLive, CloudHub, and Frank Speech. We go live at uh, on Frank Speech at four o'clock. We're also not live on Frank Speech or excuse me, Lindell TV, but we are on Lindell TV at noon Mountain Time. I do believe, and 10 a.m. Mountain Time, we are live. So that show at 10 a.m. is then rebroadcast at noon on Lindell TV, too. Um, if We're now on Brighteon, so you can go watch the videos there. We decided to upload and uh, support them as well. And then if you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Go over there, give us a five-star review, tell us how much you love us, and then share it. Share it with people that need to hear it. Um, if you want to follow us, you can follow uh, us at uh, on Telegram at Conservative Daily or t.me slash Conservative Daily, t.me slash Joe Oltman, and t.me slash Ash in America. That's A-S-H-E. On Truth Social, at Joe Oltman, at Conservative Daily, and at Ash in America. We love Truth Social. You can text the word freedom to 89517 if you need a, a reminder when we go live. And you subscribe to our newsletter, getting the daily facts blast links in the description. So that's it for this edition of Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm actually jazzed about where we're heading as a nation. Not that we're not going to have turmoil. What do you think, Jake? We're going to have a little bit of turmoil? I think so. I think it's, you know, it's a bumpy road for us to take our country back. And I'll meet you both in the middle. I'll meet between Garrick and you. I'll, I'll take the middle stance that, yeah, there will be turbulence. But I don't, I'm not sold entirely on the idea that uh, it's completely uh, finished at the end of it. Yeah. You need to, if something is collapsing, it needs to collapse fully before it can be rebuilt. So, Well, rebuilding is dangerous. It is dangerous. And just real quick, on that point, there's going to be chaos, and that's guaranteed. But there's nothing that we should have but hope. Uh, God never guaranteed us that we would live easy lives, but... We do know that he will save us if we choose that now. So no matter what uh, it might look like, whether we've done things we aren't proud of, if we act the way that we know that we should and we follow that law, uh, all that's going to matter is that we leave this life knowing that we did everything we could. And by the way, I want to be really clear. You were not making it out of this life alive anyway. You're not. And in, in the, the spirit of a patriot, right, of uh, William Wallace, I will say many years from now, you will lay in your bed. When asked if you would fight, if you, will you fight? No. And many years from now, you will lay in your bed wishing you had fought, wishing you had preserved for future generations. The pain today is always better than the pain tomorrow. And if you don't believe that, if you have kids, you know that that's true. If you've seen what happened to others, you know that it's true. Solve the problem today because tomorrow, that mountain or that molehill turns into a mountain very, very quick. With that said, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you all. Remember, stay focused. Head up, eyes forward. We are going to win. God wins. We know he wins. They know he wins. We just need to do our part in faith and then act in that faith. God bless you all. <laughs>